0: This is the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. We are a church passionate about encountering Jesus and sharing his love with our city. To find out more about who we are, visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk. Can I just pray before um we start whilst they're moving stuff around. Lord, um, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Father, as we are sitting in this room, having made a declaration that yours is a kingdom and yours is a power and yours is a glory, Lord, would you move in power and carry on doing so, Lord, as we give this time over to you to learn more about you, to learn more about who you are and how you relate to us and how you always have through your church, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Ruth would be able to tell you, that's my wife. If you don't know, I'll start by introducing her before myself. Um, But uh, she'd be able to tell you I have a really annoying habit of walking around with a cup of water in one hand and a microphone in the other, because otherwise I don't know what to do with my hands. So I'm sorry if that's the case. Um, My name's Andrew. Uh, I've been part of the church for about a year and a half. I am the husband of but one wife. Uh, I am uh, the father of two Uh, lovely girls, and as of Friday, uh, we have a little puppy in the house as well, Um, and I'll touch on this a little bit later, but I can tell you that my girls, who are 10 and 8, have been displaying uh, what can only be described as a massive fear of missing out with the puppy whenever it is in the room, and they are not. They are at the door. Um, Hannah, uh, my oldest, was up at 20 past 6 this morning. My youngest actually tidied her room so that she could get some time with the dog, uh, so we're learning already to use it as a bit of a weapon, um, but fear of missing out is definitely um, definitely a bit of a, a thing there. We're in Acts chapter 8 in our series on Acts. Um, we are following Acts chapter 7, believe it or not, and um, so I'm just going to start by reading some of Acts. Um, It's a fairly, uh, well, it's a short passage by Bible standards, but it's a long passage to listen to, so forgive me for that. I've deliberately gone with no slides, so you have to hear my voice for the next 20 minutes. Um, So, if you just bear with me, um, we'll start at Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who'd been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said, for with shrieks And pure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he'd amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ... They were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered the money and said, give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you've said may happen to me. After they'd further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. It's a story of two men, Um, one stepping out of his comfort zone, And uh, if you were here at the start of September, um, you'd known my colleague from uh, Scripture Union actually, uh, unprompted by me completely, um, and unknowing that we had a series going on Acts, picked the first part of Acts chapter 8 and talked about that man stepping out of his comfort zone, at which point I panicked that he might be stepping on someone's toes uh, and then realized they were mine. Um, (laughs) One, stepping into something brand new. And that's the one we're going to focus on today. We're going to work through the passage, and I'll make some comments as we go, uh, just verse by verse, and then we'll come to some conclusions, hopefully good ones, and um, and we'll go from there. We'll start with verse 5. We'll look at Philip, uh, first of all, just really briefly. Um, Philip was a man who was forced to go from Jerusalem to Samaria, and he probably didn't want to. We know um, from the, um, the story in Acts 7 that this, the church has... Um, has become started to become persecuted, and Philip is one of those who has had to effectively flee. Um, what, What we don't necessarily know is that perhaps the church of Jerusalem had become a little bit comfortable and forgotten that Jesus had given them a remit to go to the ends of the earth, and that included Samaria next. And maybe the persecution was God's way of moving out and forcing them to get out of their comfort zone and move on. Maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into that, but I don't think so. Actually, God is having his plan fulfilled in all of this, and um, as the word starts to spread, it's spread in a way that we see Jesus having told them this needs to happen um, all those um, years before. And Samaria, of course, is a place where um, there are people who are faithfully waiting for the Messiah, but they're not uh, Jewish, um, and uh, and the Jews don't necessarily um, like them very much. They look down on them, um, and we've seen that Jesus used that to create effect in the story of the women at the well, and so other things, when really, actually, um, he started laying this groundwork by going in there um, all, those, all, all that time before and uh, breaking down those barriers. Philip is forced out. It had to happen to fulfill Jesus' com- uh, commission. Let's skip on to verse 13 and ignore the fact that Simon the sorcerer is following Philip around for a little bit. Simon is a brand new believer. Verse 13, um, he himself believes and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, we're not ignoring that. Astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. He's a brand new baby believer, just like just about everybody else that Philip has heard. As we see in verse uh, 15, 17, um, by the time the apostles here in Jerusalem, it's really not far. It could have only been a few days between, actually, God is moving over there. We need to check that out and see what's going on. We see this happen, actually, quite a lot in Acts, where the apostles are sent out just to check that everything is, is going good. Um, there is absolutely no discrimination or hesitation on their part at all. People have become believers in Jesus Christ. They need to be prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. That's the absolute conclusion that Peter and John come to. Um, there doesn't seem to be a case where they say uh, only these people and not these people. It's um, it's very clear. Luke has already said men and women. Um, have be, received the good news and been baptized. There's no reason to um, think that the apostles are excluding one group over another anything like that. Um, and so what is going on is, uh, is just an immediate response. This is a natural thing, and we'll find out why later on when I get to it. Verse 18 comes, Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, and he offers them money. He has no idea what's going on. <laughs> He has been following Philip around, and Philip is doing stuff, right? There is stuff happening in the name of Jesus at Philip's hands. People are getting healed. Demons are coming out of people. And all the time, you can imagine these people who are just now receiving the Holy Spirit are immediately starting to respond to that over and over and over again. And the evidence is is there in front of Simon's eyes. People, uh, the apostles are praying for them. People are, something is happening. And the evidence is there. He could see what's happening. And he says, can I buy buy this? He has no idea what's going on. Really interesting for us and that we like to have a full understanding of something before we jump into it. And the apostles uh, have the opposite. Um, they're like, we're going to lay hands on you. You're going to be filled with the Spirit. We'll deal with the rest later. <laughs> right? Simon hasn't got a clue. And all of this comes into play by the time we get to verse 21 in this um, chapter. We have, in all likelihood, a man who has been walking around making money, performing for the people, and who has now come to a realization that by believing in Jesus, he has had to give up his livelihood. Uh, He's had to give up his reputation. He is no longer receiving the accolades that he is receiving. There is something greater at work. There is a power greater at work. And he has sensed the possibility that actually there might be one way that I could just retain that little modicum of influence and control that I have over these local people. Let me buy this gift from you. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability So that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he might forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you've said may happen to me. Just on a show of hands, who's interested that God, uh, who's happy that God is interested in the hearts of men? Just half of you, okay. Um, (laughs) God is interested in the hearts of men. We see this over and over again. David is appointed. He has no credentials at all apart from that he's a man after God's own heart. Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. Um, I think it also says somewhere, although in my head it's just a children's song from Dougie Doug, Doug Horley, um, that... um, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. Jesus said the evidence of what's in your heart is going to be given by what is coming out of your mouth. Here's a hint for all of this, all of that stuff about bearing good fruit and all that, we need to be able to see what is on people's hearts. And that's clearly what Peter is doing here, a little bit of discernment going on. Um, Your heart's not right before God. I've got a friend, um, I've known her for a very long time. We had a conversation when I was, um, when I was a teenager about the gift of the Spirit in the church, um, specifically the gift of the Spirit in the church, but actually the full, full gamut of the baptism in the Holy Spirit um, and what it meant for Christians. And she said to me, uh, very different church background, she said to me, I, my ego wouldn't be able to handle it if God started doing powerful things through me, if God started healing people and restoring people to whatever condition they should be in, His will and intent for them, I would be—I wouldn't be able to separate that and give Him the glory for it. It would—it would be on on me. Pretty wise for an eighteen-year-old to say that, except that actually, what we have is the apostles going, "We'll deal with that later." <laughs> right? Actually, you need to be filled with the Spirit. And then what God wants to do through you, you need to just let Him do, deal through you and so on. So, I want to highlight three different things about keeping our hearts right when it comes to the power of the Spirit. Number one is it's about mission. It's not about our mission, it's about God's mission. You will receive power to go from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You need that power to go and do my mission, Said Jesus, just in case you're wondering who said that. The power of God is about advancing the kingdom of God. Healing, restoring. We, we we're having prophetic words in this place. The power of God moves in this place when you are open to hearing him. The, the, the Holy Spirit is is actually speaking to people in this church through people. If you're open. It's all for one reason, one purpose, to create opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of God coming upon people in Acts is given so that the apostles and everybody else then would have power to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, Just to summarize that, Jesus really lived and He really died and He really was resurrected, And that is because he showed us the way to live, and he did pay the penalty for our sin, and he does give us hope in an eternal life with Jesus, with God. All of those things, all of those things, they are used in the church today, just as they're used outside the church today, but all of those gifts serve that purpose. How do we advance the kingdom of God? Uh, there's a story in Exodus, chapter three and four. I just looked it up to make sure I got the right chapters, because uh, it's one of those that could be at either end of Exodus for some reason in my head, uh, but it isn't. It's chapter three and four, and it's like this story of um, Moses, the burning bush. "Go, Moses, I'm telling you to go. I'll give you all the power that you need to go. Throw the staff on the ground. It'll turn into a snake. Snake's a symbol of Egypt. What happens when you pick it up? You dominate the snake. You have domination over your biggest enemy because I'm here. And Moses, chapter 4, says it's not enough. How will you know, how will the people know that you are with me? Well, I'll be with you. It's not enough. I don't want to be like Moses. (laughs) I want to be like the apostles. Matthew 28, um, the Great Commission is immediately followed by, I will be with you always. Jesus says exact same thing to the apostles that God says to Moses I will be with you, and we know, hopefully, that that is enough. I will be with you. It is my power that you're going in. You don't need an Aaron to be a mouthpiece for you. I can't believe I mean, every time I read it, I'm like, God got angry at Moses. It says in chapter 4, I wonder why. <laughs> like, who shall I say is going? I am. I am the I am. It's not enough for me. Nah. I don't want to be a Moses. I want to be less Moses and more apostle in that regard. It's about the kingdom of God. He is with us to advance his mission and his purpose, not ours. I don't think Simon got that. Number two, it's about the glory of God. Simon is well used to being given these accolades. What does it say? This man is rightly called the great power of God. well, he's not really, is he? But he was used to it and he didn't want to lose it. He wanted to keep some glory for himself. It's not going to work. John 14, verses 12 to 14, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Our response to the Holy Spirit needs to be to seek his glory. What do you give us this for? It is so that you are elevated, not me. I wonder how Philip felt having people follow him around. I wonder if they started, you know, giving him a bit of glory and he was like, no, 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 no. It's all about God. It's not about me at all. And the last thing, it's about relationship. Simon wanted this gift. He specifically asked for the gift to confer the Holy Spirit on others, uh, and he tries to buy that. It's control. I've already said that back to, uh, back to John again, which I turned away from for no reason at all. It's a free gift to all believers, and I mean all believers. All this I've spoken while still with you, John 14, 25 says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The dynamic indwelling power of the Holy Spirit is given to strengthen believers in knowledge, to bring to remembrance all the teachers of Jesus, to give followers of Jesus, the power just to live daily lives. And I have to say it's pretty hard at the moment to live as a Christian without God's help. And I think it always has been. Our response has to be, God, I want all you have for me so that I can live all that I am for you. Just going to read a couple more verses from Acts, um, and then we're going to start landing um, what what is a really short sermon, but um, I wanted to create some time. So I'm going to read um, from Acts uh, chapter 2, verses 14. Um, This is in the midst of uh, the crowd's response to what is going on or has gone on in the upper room. This is their response to the day of Pentecost. Uh, They've had too much wine. Peter stands up, fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, "I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will see visions. Your, old, uh, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams." to the end of Peter's sermon in this crowd um, addressing uh, verse 36 in chapter 2. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Katie, if you're able to, if you're okay to play, that's grand. If uh, if not, that's fine too. Whenever I'm reading a Bible story, when I'm doing devotionals, when I'm uh, digging into the Bible, I, I I try and ask two questions. Who am I in this story and where is God in this story? Um, I, I love asking those questions. You see all sorts of things, and actually, as, as your heart, my heart changes in different stages that I'm in, I find myself being different people. Um, when I find myself being the priest in the story of the par, uh, you know the parable of the um, the good Samaritan, I get a little bit worried. But right now, I'm going to ask three questions about who uh, who we are in this story. So, Kate's just going to tinker as I do. Um, but I think that this, is, this, this warrants a response. My first question is, if you're thinking about this story, are you feeling like Philip, who's being prompted to step out of his comfort zone and might be a little bit scared about doing it, but really wants to be obedient to God? Maybe you're in a place where, just like the people of Samaria, you, you, you've heard the gospel. I need to respond to it. You've heard the good news of Jesus. And you've never, ever made that response to what he's doing and said, look, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I could tell you if you're here today, God's doing something in you. Because the way that this whole service has been, God's been doing something in people. Maybe you're looking a little bit like Simon in verse 13. Simon believes and was baptized and he's just chasing miracles. I loved what Bob was sharing earlier. Where's, where's my miracle, God? Or Maybe you're a little bit like Simon and a little bit like my kids with the dog. And you have a massive fear of missing out on what God's got in store for you. So you might have been here never before, you might have been here for, uh, been a Christian for 20 years, I want to say if you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit power that is given throughout Acts indiscriminately, available to all, all Christians, all believers, now I want to invite you to respond to that today. I've asked the leadership team, which is Ali at the moment down here uh, to, um, to be available to pray. And we're going to take some, make some space to pray. Um, just as I close, I'm, I'm, I'm basically done. I'm wary of, um, of the time. Just a reminder to pick up the kids at quarter past if, uh, if you need to. Uh, if you have uh, no need to respond, to be filled with the Spirit, if, uh, if that's not you, then um, please help with clearing up the things. But we're going to create a little space at the front for people to receive prayer for any of those things if God is moving you out of your comfort zone, if you're thinking, God, I need to know you as my personal Savior because of the amazing work of Jesus. If you are thinking, I, I'm chasing a miracle and I'm desperately seeking it and God, I just, I where is it coming from? Or if you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then just ask everybody to shut their eyes. I'm just going to create some space for a few minutes to respond to that just by stepping up and we'll pray for you. Thanks for listening to the Sterling Vineyard Sundays podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, please visit our website at sterlingvineyard.co.uk or find us on social media at Sterling Vineyard Church.